0: Come on. (laughs) Leslie, are you ready?
1: I was born ready, George. Like, so born ready.
0: I love it. Well, I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Lifeblood Engage. This is George G. Our guest today is the strong and powerful Leslie M. Leslie is a swagger coach. She's an author, a speaker, the chief fire starter at Combustion Training. She is the author of the book, My Swagger. Excited to have you on. Leslie, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Wow, that is a lot of questions all at once. Yes. So here we go. Well, huh, where to, how far back do we want to go, George? Do we want to go back to like, when I was a small child in the, or do we want to go, so then this happened, And it took me in places I couldn't imagine because there's, you know, there's two kind of stories. But fundamentally, I I had this weird, varied background. I was a singer for many years back in the sort of punk new wave days, which took me to the UK. I moved to the UK when I was 19 and pursued my singing career. And then life sort of just presented these crazy opportunities to me. And I'm a girl who likes to say, hell yeah. So whenever an opportunity is presented to me, I go, well, why not me? Why can't I do this thing? Because that's what I was raised to believe, that I could do anything. So I ended up working in the film industry for many years. Uh, And then I was a TV host, which was a whole lot of fun in the UK. Um, And then I eventually decided to move back to Canada, where I'm originally from, where I discovered that I had no real saleable skills. I I mean, you know, if you're you're a TV host, a musician, and work in the film industry, there is not a ton of opportunity. So I kind of had to reinvent myself and tap into all of the things that I had done to date, being on camera, being a kind of a multimedia girl, all that stuff, and it led me to advertising, which kind of makes sense if you break it down. Sure. I ended up working in the advertising business and and was a creative director for many years at a big, big agency uh, called McCann. But the thing that I discovered was that this this was really my first time working in, and I'm using little air quotes, the corporate world. Because I know people think that advertising is super cool and it's not corporate. But when you work in a big, giant global agency, it's its own definition of corporate. And it has the same impact on the humans that any, any corporate environment does. And what I discovered was that my people were hurting. They were lacking in confidence. They didn't know how to present themselves. They weren't able to tap into and release their creativity, all of these things that really caused them pain and frustration. And it was not a happy environment. The fact that I was a creative director meant that I was so busy doing the work that I couldn't really help my people. And I didn't like that. That's that's really my purpose. So I came home one day and I said to my husband, I I think I'm going to quit my job and start a training company. And, And he said, excuse me, say, say what? Cause first of all, you hate training. And second of all, you're <laughs> untrainable. So like what what are you even talking about? I said, right? Who better to start a training company than someone who hates training and someone who's untrainable? Because if I can create experiences for people like me, then I might be on to something and I can help my people that I love in the ad business and support them and 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 bring sort of a you know a greater sense of how they can be better the very next day, which is what my mandate was. So I launched my first training company. Had no idea what I was doing. But I I tapped into the, the combination of having worked in the ad business, my parents owned a children's summer camp. So I'd spent years and years and years in that environment and my performance background and and so on. And I launched my company. And it just went off like a rocket. I found my place of purpose in that in in that being in service of others experiences and in unleashing potential i i just loved it but i found there to be a singular human truth running through all of the things that i did it didn't seem to matter where in the world i was training because we trained all over the globe so the culture the kind of company the level of expertise the title the, this underlying factor was that people just didn't believe that they could reveal who they really were and still find the success that they were dreaming of. They just didn't believe that who they were at their core was good enough or credible enough to get them where they wanted to be. And this broke my heart. I just was like, no, because it's the opposite of everything that I believe to be true. And so I started to focus on that, Um, as the through line for all the training I did, regardless of the subject matter, creativity, presentation skills, communication, leadership, whatever. Um, And while I did that, I took really careful note of the impact that it had on these human beings about what happened to them when they were able to really show themselves for who they really were in front of their peers and colleagues in a safe environment and how did they change and what happened to them and stuff and i swear to god george it was magical it was so magical so transformative so life-changing for them and for me i mean every time i went into the room it was this just soul-shaking experience and i started to call this quality swagger I was like, yes, there you are. I see you, that's your swagger, that's the thing. That's the differentiator that that makes you special, that shines. Um, And eventually I went, I gotta write a book about this. I gotta write a book about what I've learned, what these people's experiences are. And because I come from a training background, I wanted to break it down systematically for people. And show them that it is a completely doable thing and how much better your life will be when you unleash your swagger.
0: I love it. And I think that that's certainly uh, just from personal experience. I know that I can look back on my life and think about people who really did show up and were their, who who they really are on the inside in a very professional and buttoned up environment. And those are the people that that, that I always liked the most and that I you know and, the, and, and and that people were 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 very drawn to them and they had sort of an electric and certainly a magnetic um, draw to them. So I I I don't doubt that at all. So I think that's awesome. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform For your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show.
1: Yeah, I I always you know we when i talk to people about this everyone goes yeah those are the people i love you know we all talk about our best boss or our best leader it's always the person who was the most real who was the most open who who showed us vulnerability who saw us and heard us and acknowledged who we really were and supported us in the way that we individually need to be supported and yet we're terrified of doing that and being that for other people it's this crazy prison of our own making And I just was like, I know I'm going to break it down. I'm going to shatter the myth once and for all, because it's just not true. And if I can do this, if my life's work is to break every human being down (laughs) and prove to them that there is something so fantastic waiting for them on the other side of of this journey, because it's a journey. I mean, it's not a, a flip that you switch. It's not a you know, one day I wake up and go, that's it, I'm going to unleash my swagger and everything's going to be different. Well, yeah, it will the next day. But it's going to take time for you to figure out everything that you are and step into it and learn how to do it in a way that others will accept it. Because we don't want to just run around with our hair on fire, barfing our truth all over everyone and going, you must accept me, I'm being authentic. Because it just... (laughs) You know, first of all, nobody wants to sift through barf. So you got to you got to make sure that you're giving them something on a platter that they can appreciate and that they can they can that is good for them too. It can't be, you know, unleashing your swagger is not just good for the the individual. It's good for the collective. It's good for everyone around you. But you got to be smart about how you make you make that that truth, you know, go down with people. Because hey, everyone's got their own level of tolerance and acceptance, and we want to respect that. We don't want to say you have to accept me no matter what. Well, no, because a, a that's not professional, and b that's not um, that's not compassionate and empathetic, and that's not what connects us as humans. So you got to be smart about it.
0: There's a lot of really good stuff there. The number one thing was no, nobody wants to sift through barf. I think that that is an amazing <laughs> thing. So, such good stuff there um, and, and, and really, really, really important. It's like this this metamorphosis that, that we're, we're born who, who we are supposed to be and we're perfect and amazing. And then the world and our family and society piles layers of crap on us. that says, no, George, no, 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 mm-hmm. no, do not do that. So being able to then sort of sift through that, which which I, I, I that's what I'm really interested in hearing um, about how we go through that process and then figuring out is that still me under there, right? Or or how 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 am I, like how ah? And then and <laughs> ah, then and yes. th- then the reality that that just because I am this new person does not mean that that the world is going to automatically accept me. And there's a lot of that going on right now. Mm-hmm. I, I Swagger think in haters, society, uh, Swagger just, haters. People are like, yeah. you're going to accept me or you're canceled. We, the, the, yeah. there's, it's, it's even that far. So anyway, take that, unpack it for me.
1: Okay. Well, the, the first question that, that a lot of people will ask me is, how do I know who I really are, who I really am? Because because of that very thing. You know, we all, we all come into the world as a swagger-filled badass. All, you they ask any kid, they're loving on themselves big time. They have all of this, you know, magical energy and they're like, this is who I am, and you're gonna love it. And of course we do because it's so genuine and it's so innocent and so on. But then to your point, life kicks the crap out of all of us and we start to play these tapes in our heads, and they're they're those tapes are formed by all of those experiences. Our parents, even if they love us, inadvertently, they chip away at who you know who we really are. Our friends, our colleagues, our first boyfriend, our first teacher, our first girlfriend, our you know our, our first bad boss—all of those things start to take root in our psyches, and we start to define ourselves through the lens of other people, and we lose touch with with who we really are. Except that it's always inside. It's always there, screaming. And the more trapped we feel and the more in pain we feel, the, the more likely we're suppressing or repressing who we really are. So my advice to people is to go and talk to someone who you've been friends with since, say, 10th grade. Because they have loved you a long time and they've known you since you were a person. You were, by 10th <laughs> grade, you're a person. You're, not, you're still not in that wonderland kind of thing. You've had some life. And ask them, what it was about you that they loved back then. Why, why did you become friends? Why did you gravitate to each other? What do they think is special and magical about you? And why have you stayed friends all of these years? What's still the same about you? You know, what, what is the thing at, at, at the core that is still the same about you? And write that stuff down. Do a little interview style. You could do it on video or whatever. Then go find someone who's known you, say, 10 years. Have the same conversation with them. Ideally, someone who knows you both in a personal and professional capacity, you know, someone that you, you met through work, but you've become really good friends with, you know, besides and ask them how they see you and, and how uh, what is what it is about you and so on and so forth. Then go talk to somebody who you haven't known for very long, maybe in a professional capacity, ask them the same questions and then take a look at those answers. What you're looking for is, first of all, what's the through line? What is everyone saying about you? Because that's the part of you that cannot be held back. That's that thing about you that is magical and special and that will shine through regardless. But look to see how these people perceive you differently. And that'll give you a sense of how you've adopted persona over the time. What have you lost touch with? And what is it that you're putting the coat that you're putting on every morning because you think it's the way that you need to show up? If there's a big differentiator between the grade 10 person and the the yesterday person, you know, you have what I call a swagger gap. And I want you to look back at that 10th grade reflection, because I think that's probably the most true about you fundamentally. I mean, we all evolve, we all grow, we all change. We let go of things that aren't helpful to us. We take on new things that feel great as we get wiser and so on. So I'm not saying that you are going to be the same person that you were back then, but your heart and your soul are going to be the same. So that's a good way to to figure out what may have gotten lost over time or gotten lost in translation. And then when you're trying to unleash your swagger, the first thing you got to do is to recognize where it's getting stuck. So self-awareness is going to be the thing. And I've identified five key swagger blockers and they are very nuanced. There's a lot to unpack in each of them, but it gives people this visual model that they can work through and analyze. What am I most prone to? They're all actually connected. These blockers, each one reinforces and cements the other one. So sometimes it's a little bit, a little bit of each along the way, but I want people to be able to to see it and break it down. Otherwise, it just feels overwhelming. Like, what the hell do I do? And how, ah, you know, sure, that's great. Here I am, the real me is trapped inside. And there's a lot I'm gonna have to navigate, negotiate to get it out of the world. Can, can you, hey Les, can you break it down for me? You know, can you make it easy? So that's, that's what I wanted to be able to do. So these, these five blockers, if we take them from the outside in, so let's, so let's imagine that there's five concentric circles and we're right in the middle, we're hidden behind all of those layers. The one that's closest to the world and furthest away from us is persona. <laughs> that's the feeling that I got to put on this coat. I got to walk and talk and behave a certain way in this environment in order to be accepted. So it kind of dictates how I show up every day. And I'm very aware of the fact that that's not really who I feel that I am. But I feel like I need to do this. That's it's expected of me. And so every morning I put on that heavy corporate coat or professional coat or happy coat or coping coat or whatever it is. Because I think that that's the way I'm going to be the most acceptable to people. So that's the, the, the first layer. The second layer in is ambition. And don't get me wrong, I am all for success and going for what you want and being fully realized and, and, and so on. But the problem with ambition is that it can change you. It can make you behave in ways that you would not behave otherwise and, and often in ways that are not so great, not so flattering, not so authentic, because you're so fixated on I'm making a little ladder thing with my hands, a little that you're so fixated up on the next rung of the ladder that that your focus is up when really, in order to be authentic and to release your swagger, your focus has to be first inwards. And then to the left and right of you, to your peers and your colleagues and your friends, and also down to your followers. If you're aspiring to be a leader or if you're inspiring to build a community of some kind, you can't do it without followers. So you've got to be really focusing on what do they want from you and how do you model what they need and how do you be that person that's going to help them. And if you do that, all of these people are going to lift you. And you don't have to fixate so much on focusing upwards. Instead, you can just worry about being in your place of excellence and doing your good work. So ambition is is a blocker because it can change you and make you behave in ways that aren't so fantastic. So now we have ambition reinforcing persona. Next layer in is insecurity. It's the dreaded insecurity. It's that podcast from hell that plays endlessly in your mind and keeps going, what if, what if, what if? What if I don't show up this way? What if I don't behave this way? What if I don't follow the rules? What if people see see that I'm messy and human? What if, what if, what if, what if? And there are no answers in security. So you're in like you're in like the the spin dryer from hell. You just go around and around in circles and you're you live with this, that's where the imposter imposter syndrome comes from because there are no answers. There's just all the questions. What if people find me out? What if I'm not everything that that I'm hoping that I would be? So now you have insecurity reinforcing ambition because ambition we think is going to validate us so we can be less insecure, reinforcing persona. So what, next layer in, what is it that reinforces insecurity? It's fear. It's the end of the what if. What if I don't what what if I don't behave or show up or act or do whatever <gasps> bad things are going to happen. And in our minds, the story always ends with bad things are going to happen. And because we play that out, we will do anything to avoid what we think is that inevitable end. Plus there's all of this brain science that that indicates that if we have been doing something a certain way for a period of time and we haven't died, the brain goes, "Well, that must be good then," <laughs> because anytime we change it up, and we don't, the brain doesn't have context. It goes, "Oh no, 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 no! Oh no, no! Better safe than sorry. Let's not." Because the brain can't differentiate between my boss could give me the side eye and a tiger's going to eat me. It right. just, it, you know, it just fear is fear. <clears throat> so this unreasonable. Um, Fear that, has, that doesn't have great context will rise up and say, you know what, I don't want to take the risk, excuse me, to be anything other than I've said that I was up to now because bad things are going to happen. So now fear reinforces insecurity, reinforces ambition, reinforces persona. Last layer in is the biggie. It's the doozy. It's the castle gates, the scar tissue. It's pain. Mm. Pain is the, oh, I tried that once. I stuck my head out once, I put my hand up once, I showed who I was once, and it did not go well and it hurt like a you know what, and I'm not going there again. I mean, we will do anything to avoid pain. And we really do get scarred by it, and it can be from all of those things and all those nicks from across our lives. If you if you have a disastrous, you know, presentation in grade three because your fly was down or because you stumbled or you forgot your words and whatever and all the kids laughed at you that is going to take weight in your head and by the time you're in your 30s you are in a full panicked body sweat every time you have to get up in front of people because that meant the memory of the pain it triggers the fear which triggers the insecurity and so on and so forth so pain reinforces fear reinforces insecurity, reinforces ambition, reinforces persona. So those tend to be the big chunky areas that we get stuck in. And while we're trying to unleash and reveal who we are, each one of those layers is going to take its piece out of you as you try and move it through the world. If you're speaking your truth, it's like, you know, that show American Ninja and how they have to get on the thing. And then like these huge things come smashing at them and then they have to swim through things and swing. And it's like, so you like, you go, how can anyone even do that? And by the end, they're trying to climb that last tower and like 1% of people make it. That's kind of what happens to your truth, your intention and your self-belief, which are your key swagger drivers. And then if by some magic, you're able to navigate, negotiate through those blockers and your truth, intention and self-belief makes it out into the world the response you get to it also has to make its way back in. If you got negative response, it beats you up on the way back in, even if you get positive validation. I want you to imagine someone goes, oh my God, Leslie, you were so amazing in that meeting. You spoke up, good for you. That was so great for the team. I mean, you took a risk, good for you. And you go, thanks so much. And then on the way back in, that message is, oh i wonder if that person's just saying it so that they mm. look good i wonder if they i wonder if they're saying it just to like you know so i think that they're nice but they really think that i was an idiot oh my god why why do i do this why do i speak i should not have done this oh my god i'm <laughs> such an idiot oh my god i just right and so we it takes a lot for us to get to the point where our truth intention and self-belief can can be filled up enough so that it causes those those swagger blockers to kind of become more porous, more diluted, more, more compressed, so that who we are starts to move in and out fluidly through that. That's what the swagger journey is. Why it takes time. It is not a, it's not a tomorrow thing. It's a trial and error thing. It's a practice thing. But when you get there, you use those blockers as little checks and balances. Cause you don't want to be, can I, can I say a hole? Can I sure. say Do so you don't want to be an asshole? That's you want those checks and balances to to make sure that you're not being an asshole because it's swagger is not is not a license to be an asshole, you know. To to our point earlier, it's not you don't you know, can't just go around saying, well, I'm authentically a racist, so suck it, you know. Uh, no, no, not acceptable. <laughs> Crawl back under the rock from where you came. That's right. Because nobody wants any of your crap. You go. suck it. I don't. You suck it. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um. But if your intention is to contribute positively to the collective, if your intention is to do your good work, if your intention is to share who you are because you think and you believe that self-belief that it's a benefit to everybody else, they're going to hear it. They're going to hear it because they're going to love on it. I I know this to be true because I've done it. I'm on my swagger journey big time.
0: I love it. I think that's pretty amazing, Leslie. And that is a word that gets overused, but... (laughs) I'll I will I, 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 I think it's I think it's incredibly appropriate here. So I, I appreciate that you've uh, Gone through this process and thought about the five different things that, that that keep us from doing it and it really resonates with me and I know that I can Look back on my life and, and see times that that i've been afflicted by these things and
1: which one's your big blocker What what do you feel like you get most stuck in or is it like a combo platter?
0: Oh, I think it's everything. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it was all those things um I don't know that it was pain i don't think it was fear necessarily i think a lot of it was insecurity Mm -hmm. um so but it's a process that i've been going through for the last several years you know and i'm 42 years old so i think that I think fundamentally that, that, that we only have one crack at this, you know, we get one track or one, uh, one trip around the track. So yeah,
1: baby, that's why I say that all the time. I go one go around the carousel. This is (laughs) not a rehearsal. You got to get on it. You got to get on it. There is not, there is not a big life do over, Mm -hmm. you know, my, my mom raised, uh, my, both my parents, but in particular, my mom raised both my sister and I with one key thing. Maybe I will, should I say it or should I save it? Should I save it for like a big reveal at the end? Nah, I'm gonna give it to you anyway.
0: Well, so, we're 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 right at the difference making tip, so this okay. ah. this, this, this uh, could be perfect. So perfect, lay it on so, us.
1: So, um, the message in my household growing up was why not you? Every time my sister and I would express a desire to do something, you know, when you're a kid, it's like, I want to be on TV, or I want to be a singer, or I I want to be a doctor, I want to fly to the moon, I want to do these amazing, amazing things. And my mother would say, why not you? What's stopping you? And she would wait for an answer. She wasn't playing. It wasn't just hyperbole. It was like, okay, and if if we expressed, you know, some bullshit rationale, well, because she would go, "Uh, uh, uh, uh." somebody gets to do that great thing. And they all started just like you. So if you want something, you go after it. If you don't ask in this world, you don't get. And there is nothing holding you back. So why not you? And I have used that that sensibility my entire life. Every time I've made these big leaps and stepped into these incredible opportunities that kind of vaguely presented themselves I was like why not me and I would just jump on it and see see how far I could go see where I could take it I didn't get as far as I imagined in some I got way further than I imagined in others but it all led to me having had these amazing experiences and me being this fully realized human I will not have a regret on my deathbed so far I will not have a single regret because I have lived large. You know, I fought my first sanctioned amateur boxing match when I was 51 years old Yeah, because I wasn't playing. It was like these experiences that you want to have. You just go. It's never too late. I only get one go, why not me? And you just go after it and live large and with swagger. Because swagger is the ability to manifest who you really are and hold on to it in the face of all of that psychological that's crap that's going to come for it, regardless of situation or environment. There will always be an excuse. There will always be a reason. But you got to say to yourself, wait a second, hang on, why not me? What's stopping me? And the answer is going to be Nothing.
0: Nothing. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets a Come on. Come on. Leslie, you are awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? Where can they get a copy of My Swagger?
1: Uh, it's Okay, so the book is Swagger, Unleash Everything You Are and Become Everything You Want. You can um, you can get it on all good booksellers and the Amazons, the Barnes and Nobles, the Indigos, the Books A Million, depending on where you are in the world. I'm on all the socials. I play, love to play on all the socials. You can find me on Instagram at at Leslie M. Speaks, on Facebook at Leslie M Speaks, Twitter at Leslie M and LinkedIn at Leslie M. Lesliem.com. <laughs> that's spelled E-H-M, you can find me there, swaggerthebook.com, uh, and find me, and listen, I always say to people, please reach out and say hi, I love talking to people, I mean, I just, I will always say hi back, ask me a question, connect with me, this is what I live for, it's my purpose, so anything that I can do to help someone, you know, Bring their swagger journey to life. That's why I'm a swagger coach because I'm in my place of purpose. I'm helping people, you know, on big scales as a speaker of small scales, one on one, to help them really manifest who they are and find the incredible joy that comes with it.
0: Love it. If you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Leslie your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to lesliem.com, dot M.com. Pick up a copy of Swagger, wherever fine books are sold, and find Leslie all over social media. Thanks again, Leslie.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.